Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Josh. I'm the campus pastor out here. You're at Topeka First, the Mission Hill campus. We're one church with several locations. Um, and so if you want to know what those other locations are, our website's topekafirst.com. You can look them all up. But um, good morning. Welcome. Yes. Good job, guys. Way to be. Way to be. Hey, so I have a question. How many of you watch the end of movies or read the end of books or the TV shows not early, not early, when you're supposed to. It's not like you fast forward to the end. That's not what I'm talking about here. I know people that do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you see the end of a movie, or you read the end of a book, or you see the end of a TV show, and you go, man, I wish it would have ended differently. Yeah? Anybody, anybody got some favorites that they specifically believe should have ended differently? Anybody? Lost? Yeah? Yeah. I should spoil Lost for all of you just so none of you waste your life on it. <laughs> Any others lost? Endgame? You didn't like how Endgame ended, okay. We will not spoil that, it's too fresh. Green Mile, okay. For me, one of the movies that I love how it ends, but I know people hate how it ends, is the movie La La Land. Anybody see La La Land? Yeah? It's a, it's a romantic movie, it's a romantic movie, that uh, ends up, and I'm going to spoil it for you, it's kind of an art musical, and if you guys haven't seen it, you weren't going to see it, okay? I just know that. If you guys haven't seen it, you weren't going to see it, it's fine. So this movie, uh, it's, it's about two people. It's Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, and they're, and they're in this relationship, and they find each other, but the movie ends with them apart. It ends with them apart, and, and she gets married to somebody else, and, he ha- and they have children, and you, you see this unfold at the end of the movie, and she walks into his jazz club, because he's a jazz musician, and he's just playing there, and they see each other, and his dream has been realized, her dream is realized, but they lost their love, because they didn't value it above other things. And I love how the story ends, but I know so many people that come up to me like, why didn't they end up together? Why didn't they come? Why didn't they go back? Why did she move on? Why did he pursue that? And the truth is, that piece of art called La La Land is stuck in stone. It's stuck in time. We can't change the ending of it. We couldn't change it if we wanted to. It is. And that's how we should probably look at Scripture. We can't pick and choose what we like. We can't, we can't take what's okay with us here and not what's okay with us here. The story of Scripture has been written, and it is. And so as we talk about this, this, this time, uh, today we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what happened on the day of Pentecost. There's no changing it. It happened. Whether we like the ending or don't like the ending, it's there. And so I know some people have different relationships with this idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to open up with that conversation because I know people have come from different places and different backgrounds and times. But I want to walk through this 
and let you know that this occurrence happens multiple, multiple times throughout the early church. Throughout the New Testament, it happens repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. And when Paul goes on his missionary journey, the baptismal Holy Spirit tends to follow anywhere a church is set up. And if we believe the scriptures, we probably ought to follow suit. So, here's the thing that Deuteronomy kind of sets us up with. Deuteronomy, right? You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Deuteronomy. It's the second book in the Bible. So, it's, or, no, it's not. Exodus is the second one. Sorry, guys. That was bad. It's in the, it's four. Yeah, it's four. Thanks, Ed. I was, like, questioning everything at that point. I was like, is it three? Is it four? I know it's not five. Is it five? Deuteronomy is five. Yeah, it's five, guys. We got that wrong a lot. We need to read our Bibles more, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's what De Deuteronomy 6 tells us. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I have given you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. I don't think he's advocating tattooing your forehead, but just, just throwing that out there. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I read that to say that somewhere along the line, we stopped passing this down well. Somewhere along the line, we stopped teaching all that God had commanded, all that God had promised. Somewhere along the line, we missed this. And I want to tell you something. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for here and now and today. For here and now and even today. So what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Like, there's a lot with that, right? This idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that you have following salvation. So salvation is first, and then baptism of the Holy Spirit comes afterwards, okay? It comes after. But also what we see in the New Testament is that it's natural for us to experience that following salvation. So if salvation comes, then people were, was that a natural progression within their story to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it's important to note that the Holy Spirit is active in your life prior to being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is its own thing, but the work of the Holy Spirit is present from salvation, it says this in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not belong to the, the Spirit of Christ, or do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them, do not belong to him at all. So we see that the work of the Holy Spirit is active in our lives from the get-go. From the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit is active in your life. So if if anyone tells you that the Holy Spirit does not act, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't, like you have an inner, that is incorrect. 
If you have chosen to follow Jesus with your life, the Holy Spirit is living and active and is working through you. It's working in you. It's, the Bible tells us it's how we're, we're come to be saved. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it tells us this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, as we push into this idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this was natural, again, as part of the New Testament church. The early church saw it over and over and over and over again. And if somebody had been saved, if somebody had found salvation, it was normal for the church leaders to go to them if they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and pray for them that they would receive that baptism. In Acts 8, 14 through 17, it tells us this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, there's, there's a specific instance that we see within Scripture for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, comes upon us, it baptizes us, and the evidence that we see within Scripture is the evidence of the sign of speaking in tongues. So we, we see this in Acts 2, but we see it throughout the story of Scripture that we see these people ha having this happen. And it's something that we should pursue for our daily lives, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that we want to pursue daily. Even in Ephesians, it tells us, in Ephesians 5.18, it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pursue this spirit baptism that the scriptures talk about. Now, some people have used this scripture to like say, be drunk on the Holy Spirit. That is inaccurate. And we, we've, we've seen that through, people make jokes about that and stuff. The Holy Spirit does not control you. The Holy Spirit works through you. The Holy Spirit works through you. And then Acts 4 tells us this. After they pr this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So over and over again, they pursue it. Even after they've been filled, they pursue it again and again and again. They pursue this gift from God over and over again. And that's exactly what it is. It's a gift that Jesus actually tells us about in Acts chapter 1. Once when he was eating with them, he, Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is this gift that Jesus calls us to receive. He says, wait, don't go out too early. Don't, don't, don't move from this place until you've experienced this gift that will empower your lives. 
that will give you the boldness to speak the things you need to speak. So today I want to read to you that initial day of Pentecost, the first instance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you can hear it firsthand from the words of Scripture. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At this time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. We hear our Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful thing God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. And what can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk. This is the story of the first instance, the first time we ever see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first time ever. And it's this beautiful moment where the, where the Holy Spirit descends on this room, descends on this room, and they're able to speak in the languages of the people in the city. Now, what a, time, a lot of times gets lost when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to empower you so that you can show others the good things that God has done. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a tool. It is a part of the message. It is not the message. It's a tool to help us communicate the truth of Jesus. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us to impart what we, we have been shown by God to those around us. Now, I want to share with you just, just my experience, okay? Is that cool? My experience. So I first heard about this when I was a kid. I'm the son of a pastor. I, like, I grew up in church all the time. And when I was, when I was a kid, we, we would go to camp. Anybody been to camp? There's some of you that have been to camp. Nice. If you haven't been to camp, I'm sorry. You missed out. It was great. But I went to camp, and I would go to camp, and they would talk about this, this idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, hey, if God is going to give me something that's going to help me out, I'm cool with that. The scriptures tell me that this can happen. I'm cool with that. Let's do this thing. 
And so I'd pray at camp, and nothing happened. Nothing happened at all, because what we see in Scripture is that initial physical evidence is this speaking in tongues, speaking in, in a language unknown to you, whether that's a human language or, or a language that we just don't understand. It's one of, it's one of those two things, and we see it throughout Scripture, but I, I, I didn't experience it. I didn't. I, didn't, I was like, I, I, know, I know I have friends that did. I have friends that uh, experienced that, but I, I didn't, and I went back home, and at the time, we were living in Pekin, Illinois. Anybody know where Pekin is? Yeah, we got, yes, we got one that isn't related to me. Awesome. Uh, Pekin is in, is in Illinois, and, and I remember the Sunday after this, this one time we went down to camp, um, I went up to the altar to pray. Um, altars were like basically little benches we had in front of the stage, and you, like, you could kneel at them if you wanted to. Um, we don't have any, uh, in case you're wondering. But we were, they were, I went up to the altar to pray, and the sermon wasn't about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The sermon wasn't about anything like that, but I knew that I had heard about it at a camp, and I had, I had heard them talk about it and read it in the scriptures and go, I want that. Whatever it is, I want it. If God's going to empower me to do his work better, I want it. So I went to the, I went to the altar, and I just started to pray. Nobody was praying for me. I was just praying. I was just, I was just sitting there, praying at the altar. And my parents prayed for me a little bit, but I was, I was there just at the altar just waiting and pursuing and wanting more of God. And 45 minutes after literally everyone else had left, I didn't get kicked out of the church because my dad had a key. So um, everyone had left, and 45 minutes later, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning at my church. And so sometimes this, this thing is like hyped up. It's, it's, it's like it's, it's all this emotion and things. But the truth is that when we pursue God and we say, God, I want all that you have for me. When we say, God, I want to experience all that you are in the fullness of who you are. That's when he pours his spirit out on us. That's when he pours the Holy Spirit out on us. And we're baptized. And it was this thing that was really, really cool. And I've had these different moments in my life when I've been able to hear the Holy Spirit speak in my life and do different things. At, at our life group on, on Wednesday nights, um, we were just talking about different times we felt like we, we heard the Holy Spirit speak to us to do something that we were very uncomfortable doing. And... and I'm going to share Aaron's story because I've already shared mine. So, sorry, Aaron, if that's okay. Okay. Um, so, Aaron was in, our, was in our life group, and he was talking about this, and he, he, was, he was talking about how um, he was on this route, and he, he delivers Coke products to different places, and that's, that's what he does for a living. And so, he was out at this grocery store, and he was delivering these products, and he, and he was walking back to his truck, and this lady was sitting on a curb crying. She was sitting on a curb crying. And how he told it, he was like, I was like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I don't want to talk to this person. Like, well, I'm not sure I want to talk to this person. And he, he walked back to his truck, and he was like sitting in his, his delivery truck, like almost like debating with God, like, do I go talk to her or do I not talk to her? And he was like, finally, I got out and I went to talk to her. 
And he's like, what's going on? You know, you know what's happening? And, and she had said basically that she was planning to make, commit suicide that day. And he prayed for her. He got in touch with the mission to be able to kind of uh, help her out with some practical resources and help turn that day around for her. And then he got in his truck and he continued on his way. But that right there is the work of the Holy Spirit. That right there is the work of the Holy Spirit, speaking into our lives, giving us the boldness to do what God has called us to do. And sometimes it's just this nagging feeling within, within inside of our spirit that says, I cannot leave this moment without doing something. It's amazing how many times the Holy Spirit is the agent of justice in our world. The Holy Spirit is what moves us and compels us to go forward and go do something differently. And so as we look at this as part of the, the Christian story, of the part of the Christian experience, it'd be a shame to wash it away and ignore it. It'd be a shame to change the ending. It'd be a shame to miss out on this part of who God is, this wonderful thing that God gives. I don't want you to miss out on it today. So in a few minutes, the band's going to come up and we're going to sing a song, but we're going to have... Ed and Sherry and, and Hannah and I on either side, and we'd love to pray with you for this. I, I, don't, I don't believe in hyping things up or having everybody come to the front and like, all right, now the Holy Spirit's going to descend on you. The Holy Spirit is God. It, he does what he wants, okay? The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit does what he wants, okay? We pursue the Holy Spirit. We don't command him, Okay? I think that's important to know. We pursue him, not command him. He empowers us to do the work. He doesn't do the work for us. So, as we see it, we see it throughout Scripture. Paul talks about it over and over and over and again. And I want to I take you through uh, just a couple like little practical things. Here's a couple of verses out of 1 Corinthians 14, and they're not going to be on the screen, but I want you to understand a couple things about the work of the Holy Spirit. One, in 1432, it says, remember that the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns, is what the Bible says. It means the Bible doesn't call us and say that like we're taken over, we get, turn into a trance, and we just do whatever. Like That is not the Bible. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is not the work of God, okay? And then in 14.4, it says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. And then it, that same scripture also tells us, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So this idea of speaking in tongues is valuable in itself, though it is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jude 1.20 tells us, but you, dear friends, build, you must build each other up in your most holy faith, 
Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul even says in Corinthians 14, he he thanks God that he prays in tongues more than anyone else. That's just kind of who Paul is. He's just always very excited that he's like all the way in, you know? But there's all these things throughout Scripture, and and sometimes we act as if it's just like, it's like it was one moment in Acts chapter 2, and then it never happened again. And that's incorrect. It happens literally all the time in the New Testament. We can't read our New Testament. We can't read the New Testament and escape this. And just like I don't believe that God stopped healing, I also believe that the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped baptizing us, hasn't continued to pour out his spirit in in the days of the early church as well as today. I don't believe it. So this morning as the band comes up and, and we close, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I want all that God has for me? Do I want all that God has for me? And if you're not in that place, that's fine. It's okay. God's continually working in each and every one of our lives. He is. But if you want all that God has for you, pray simply, God, fill me with your spirit. Pursue him, and he will find you. I know so many more stories of people being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in their church. I, we had a friend when we lived uh, in Illinois that they, they were filled in the garage of their house. My grandfather was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his home. This is not a church building restricted thing. Pursue God and God will gladly pursue you gladly pursue you. That's the truth. That God is ready and waiting to pursue you. He's willing to pour out all of himself upon you. But what are we asking for? Are we asking for all of God? Or are we asking for pieces? Today, make a choice to ask for all of him. Every bit. Okay? Let's pray. God, I pray that this morning that you would pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, do what you want. You're in charge. You are God. God, I pray that we would Remember all those words that you spoke in Scripture, that we wouldn't miss out on them, that we wouldn't lose sight of them. God, give each and every one of us the desire to have all of you and not just a part, to have every single bit 
God, let your baptism come. Let our anticipation be ready. Let us be looking forward to it, pursuing it. In your name we pray, amen.